Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. This controversy just doesn't seem to want to go away, but hopefully people like this, Evie Edwards, uh, can help to make it go away, at least uh, raise awareness to what's really happening in women's sports, even girls' sports in school. Um, Evie, first of all, nice to meet you. How are you? Uh, nice to meet you. I'm, I'm doing quite well. Thank you. Well, I appreciate having you on. Former NCAA cross-country runner, also former cyclist. Are you a current cyclist or former cyclist? I, no, I'm a current cyclist for okay. sure. And, and you're an elite athlete. If we, if we were going to put people in categories, you're in the elite category. Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. I'm not a professional. I've never claimed to be a professional, yeah. but I am an elite athlete. Yes. Now, are you having to, to race against biological men? I do have biological men in my races. That is correct. So, so how does that work out? Because obviously, well, let me take you back to like the 1980s, way before you would even remember. You're probably about 28 right now. Um, but I'm 56, and I remember the 1980s and the Olympic Games having this huge furor because uh, the German women's team were all taking steroids. They're all taking them for years, and they looked like men, and they were demolishing everybody in the pool. The swimming team, it was basically a bunch of guys um, because of all of the injections and all the hormones they took, they were competing against biological women. Now, they were biological women, but they were getting the, the advantage that I think you and I are going to talk about today. That was banned. The entire world said, that's not fair. Uh, she looks twice the size of a normal man. You can't do this. This is unfair. And we all agreed, yes, left, right, in between. We all agreed, unfair, gay, straight, didn't matter. That was unfair. How, who is it that's saying this is fair that men or who through their childhood and puberty and into adulthood like Leah Thomas got the advantages of all the testosterone and the thicker bones and and bigger, you know, uh, thicker muscle bellies and, and bigger lung capacity and so on? Who decided this was not unfair? Well, I think it's always been a clash between the idea of inclusion versus fairness. And when we've evolved into the society. We have the LGBT movement, which is extremely important. I think it's important for everybody to be their true self, however that is, but you sure. can't infringe upon the rights of others. And this is quite a clash of individual rights. We have biological women's sport. We have single sex sport for a reason. Men and women are very different when it comes to their physiology. Um, and biological men just, they'll always retain an advantage. We have over 22 peer reviewed studies that state that very specific fact. And so we can no longer hide under the idea that inclusion is the way forward because we're literally disintegrating women's sports, female sports at every age and opportunity. Why did we need even one study? I mean, honestly, it sounds yeah, because like... common sense, just quite frankly, wasn't yes. enough. Well... Five years ago, when I started on this journey, I was at Masters World um, track nationals. It's a UCI event. It's run just like the Olympics. It's an indoor track. And we knew that there was going to be a biological male competing. And the amount of consternation, disappointment, frustration, confusion by the by the women there who were had put their energy, their time, their talent, their money, everything into this one specific event. And, and many events within track cycling are over in seconds. As a matter of fact, I earned a silver medal and my race was less than 40 seconds. There's no margin whatsoever for any kind of failures or misstarts right. or mistakes. So you've got these women and we knew that there was a biological male there and everyone was confused at every level. The organizers, they're just trying to do the right thing. And I think the most important thing is, is this is not about hate. It's not about intolerance. It's not about telling individuals that they don't have a right to exist or to participate in sport. Nobody is asking anybody 
to not participate in sport. But in order for sport to be fair, yeah. or in order for sport to be meaningful, it has to be fair. And at this point, when we have inclusion, we know that inclusion trumps fairness, and therefore female sport is becoming less meaningful. And it's not just at the elite level, it's at the youth level, and it's at the master's level. Well, it's, it's, beca it's becoming non-existent. And, and I want to disagree with you just slightly, if I, if I may, and yell sure. at me if you want. It yeah. is about intolerance. I'm intolerant of men and women's sports. I, I don't want to include men and women's sports. I really don't. Uh, even at my age, I work out a lot, Evie. I guarantee you I could beat you arm wrestling. I gar I'm 6'1", 250. It wouldn't even be close. It would be stupid. But I could tomorrow say that I'm a woman and go and join the arm wrestling you know, uh, competitions. It doesn't make any sense. So common sense should come through. You're right, it doesn't. But I am intolerant of taking away um, opportunities from my five daughters. I literally have five daughters who I don't want to have to compete with a man for things that were specifically made for them and their gender. It, it, that makes sense, doesn't it? It's just common sense. Yeah, no, it absolutely makes sense. But I think that the main point is, is that we don't want individuals to alter their body in order to qualify for yes. a category. Right. So you had spoken previously about the, you know, the Germans and the controversy of altering their bodies. Right. So what we have here is we have males who are altering their bodies in order to qualify to race with women. And these are arbitrary levels of testosterone. And we know that when an individual alters their body or reduces their testosterone, they still can't mitigate the advantages of being born male. So you touched on that also earlier. You have larger hearts bigger bones, uh, distribution that's different from females with regard to lean muscle yeah. versus fat. And lung, um, lung capacity, which is a really big deal when you're doing athletics. There's so many differences. We can't even possibly begin yeah. to add them all up. And we know that even with the current policies that uh, have sports with reduced levels of testosterone, those advantages don't go away. Not well, even. of course they don't, because you got the advantages by having the testosterone your whole life until men. When you've got a guy, William Thomas, who until 21 or 22 years old was a, a man competing against men, wasn't wasn't great, was middle of the road, a swimmer, and then decides, I'm not going to take some sort of testosterone reducer or take estrogen, grow my hair out, and I'm a female. He didn't lose all the advantages he gained throughout life. No, of course not. You, you just can't. I mean, it, it's just a simple matter of common sense. We cannot allow male bodies in female sport. That doesn't mean that those individuals don't have a right to sport. And I'm quite frustrated as well as are all my friends and colleagues who have been hearing this rhetoric saying, you know, this is a ban, this is an assault on trans identified athletes. It, it really isn't. It's just a matter of maintaining fair sport. Anybody yeah. can do sport. We just need to do it within the right categories. And the way that sport is categorized, it's by age. We can't lie about our age. Um, if it's a sport that has to do with weight, like whether it be boxing or weightlifting, right. you know, you go by your weight category. And then when it comes to sport, we do have these very specific divisions between male and female, and it's for a reason. And it's not just at the elite level. You know, in youth sport, we see a, a, a dramatic difference between girls and boys, even at a very young age. And I think one thing that I can bring to this conversation is that I actually have a girl and a boy, and they both play sports. They're extremely athletic, and already the differences are happening, and neither one of them has even fully reached puberty yet. Right. Um, you know, additionally, too, we talk about how, you know, there's masters women, you know, as women age, they lose natural hormones that they are born with. They're not able to replace them with hormone replacement therapy and compete legally. 
Yet males are able to have a, a TUE, which is a therapeutic use exemption, and they're able to have a cocktail of hormones and they can race you know, well into their, till old age. So, even, even scientifically, it's unfair. I, I mean, I didn't even realize that they're taking hormones that somebody like you would not be allowed to take um, because yes. nature has to, to nature has to do what it does with you, but nature doesn't matter when it comes to somebody or Evie, that's, that's nuts. It is. And you know, a lot of things that we don't talk about too, is that the growing um, category of trans identified youth are actually girls, so trans-identified girls who desire to be seen as boys, we don't see them represented in sport. There's absolutely no discussion whatsoever to talk about handicapping boys or men so that we can even the playing field for those women so that they can have opportunities and be represented. Because we know that even women who aren't given any amount of uh, like um, a maximal amount of testosterone, they can have as much as they want they're not going to be able to compete at the same level as males. It's a great point that nobody ever talks about. It's Evie Edwards. She's a former NCAA um, cross-country runner. She's a cyclist, now elite cyclist. Uh, It's a great point because when you look at the numbers, and I didn't realize this because we're so inundated with men trying to be women, that the numbers of of females trying to transition to be males is much higher um, than, than the other way around. But we see the stories like Leah Thomas and, and you know, the, the, the bicyclist or the marathon runner or the fill in the, the rugby player, the MMA fighter. It's always male to female because they're dominating so much. And, and it's such a great point. Will this disincentivize, will this disincentivize girls? There's a little bit of a delay. I don't mean to talk over you. It, it, will this disincentivize girls from even trying sports, knowing that any boy who says I'm a girl now will take a spot from them in the final or in the on the team? Well, you know, I think part of the problem is, is the culture that we're creating. So we're actually teaching girls that they shouldn't question things, that we don't want to hear their questions. We want to silence them because it makes other people feel bad. Um, what we have are we have parents and we have coaches and we have elite athletes. We have women like myself who've literally been athletes our entire lives. I mean, there are very few athletes that I know who are still competing at a high level who've, you know, like myself, have given birth twice. Um, you know, we have family obligations and you know, there, there's just so much going on. Yet right. we have the breadth of knowledge to understand that the opportunities that we had, that I had as a young girl may not exist anymore for you know future generations. And so I think it's really about the message. It's saying we need to stand up for females in sport at every age, at every level. It's just simply not fair. It's not complicated. There's a simple solution. It's common sense. We divide sport by sex-based categories. Yeah. It's uh, HR, HR 734 has been passed by the House. The Senate hasn't taken it up yet. There's some sort of a get-together. You said end of July this is happening. Fill me in on what's happening in Washington at the Capitol to try to get H.R. 734 taken up in the Senate. Uh, Well, I just participated in a press conference on Wednesday on the steps of the Capitol with an organization that I don't necessarily align with um, in many other ways. But on this specific subject, which I I believe is important because it's not actually a partisan issue. Right. We need more voices. We need more liberal women and men. We need everybody to be talking about this so that we can truly understand that this isn't about intolerance or hate. It's simply about fairness in women's sport. Now, I also work with an organization called ICONS. It stands for the Independent Council on Women's Sport, and they are going to be holding a conference at the end of July in Denver. They're going to be scientists and biologists and all sorts of athletes 
from all sports talking about how this has been so impactful with regards to fairness in women's sport. It's, it's very interesting. So the press conference already happened, then you'll have the event at the end of July. Uh, you can go to iconswomen.com as the website for the organization, I-C-O-N-S-Women.com. Uh, go there and make that happen. As we're watching this unfold, it's never lost on me that the space that's taken by the biological male literally is leaving a girl off the team, is leaving a woman off the team, is leaving it in the NCAA championship. Go ahead. It could mean the difference between being able to go to a conference. I mean, it's not just about the podium. Yes. I mean, we spend so much time talking about the podium and who's beating whom and how it doesn't happen all the time. That's not really what this is about. If there's a competition and the rules are different for different people within that same competition, how can that possibly be meaningful? Yeah. It already means that you're you're losing um, before you even get a chance to start. And that's the other thing, too. If you lose in a fair competition, it's satisfying. You might not be happy with the result, but you can walk away saying, I can try harder. Yeah. The difficulty thing, like the difficult thing is, is when you're when you're dealing with a biological male in your sport, oftentimes there's nothing that you can do. It's not that you can try any harder than you've already tried. Right. It's simply that there is a biological advantage that cannot be overcome. It's got to be demoralizing too. I mean, when, when a swimmer loses by 38 seconds, you're right. She can't say, let me work harder. I can make up 38 seconds. That's a ridiculous amount in an, in an elite sport. So, so what, what do you do at that point? You just throw your hands up and say, well, either I quit or I continue to go and I'm shooting for second place. I think... Well, I don't know. I think there's a third option. I think the third option is that you continue to show up and you continue to use your voice. I mean, there's no way that anybody is going to see what the dramatic difference is or really understand the issue of, of unfairness if people aren't showing up. Women have to show up, but they also have to speak out. I know it sounds like a really great idea to say, well, we're just going to take a knee, but athletes try so hard and yeah. oftentimes they've put everything into that specific event and it's really unfair for their time, money, talent, and energy to go away when that could be their only opportunity to see what it is that they're able to accomplish. It's a very good point. I brought that up with Riley Gaines when I had her on and, and she said, yes, our not jumping in the pool would certainly you know, make noise, but there are 12 people waiting for every spot. And they're not, and they're not all going to not jump in the pool. They're not all going to take an either. All they're not all just going to not compete. So it really would defeat it, and it would take us out of what we've worked for our whole lives. Um, it, what's it's interesting? Really hard to uh, go ahead. That people, go ahead. Uh, you know, like British cycling. Actually, the women actually did take a stand in British cycling, and they said we're just not going to compete. Emily Bridges was threatening to go straight from having competed as an elite male into competing in the women's category. And I think we can definitely, you know, take a take advice from other countries, um, other organizations. We have World Athletics, we have World Aquatics, who've both taken a stand as national or um, world organizations and said, if you've participated or if you've experienced male puberty, then you are not eligible to compete in the women's category. Simple. That's simple. It is simple. It, it's simple. it, 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 it really... doesn't mean that you, you're not allowed to compete in sport. Right. It just means we need to be more tolerant of within the biological male category to realize that there are different ways to express your gender identity. But well, being a male means that you biologically cannot be a female. Humans can't change their sex. Well, that's true. Absolutely. Uh, Evie Edwards is her name. She is a former NCAA uh, cross-country runner. She's an elite cyclist. One last question. I'm, I'm old enough to remember when Title IX came about. And Title IX was explained to me by my PE teacher, happened to be a woman. She said, this is just to make sure girls have the opportunities boys have. 
And I, with three sisters, said, hey, that's a good deal. I like it. Um, uh, we are now perverting it to the point to where it doesn't really matter what biological sex or gender you are. What matters is what you say you are. And you made a point earlier that there are weight classes in boxing. There are age classes in all sports. Why can't I, at my size, and even though I'm old, why can't I say, well, I really do identify as featherweight. 130-pound range. Let me go fight a guy who's 130. That would be ridiculous, wouldn't it? And, and people would laugh at me like, that's so completely out of line. How is that different than somebody, some six-foot-four guy who's been a swimmer his entire life deciding he's a woman and taking first place in everything? Is that really that different? I mean, I think we have rules in sport for a reason, yeah. and those rules should apply to everybody. So when we start to make special policies or special rules for certain individuals and it doesn't apply to everybody – then it's simply just not fair. And these guys shouldn't be changing in the same locker room. That's ridiculous. You know, I've never experienced that, but yeah. I can't help but think of my daughter. Like I said, she's, you know, she's an athlete and she's going to have to face those decisions. And we as a family, just like Americans all over the country who have daughters, that is going to be part of the consideration unless we all take a stand and say, we need to make this a fair and tolerant policy for everybody. But at the same time, we need to recognize that sex-based spaces and sports exist for a reason. It's not about hate. It's not about intolerance, but it's about making sure that it's fair and meaningful and appropriate for everybody. Uh, Evie, thanks for coming on. Come on again, would you? you? Would you come back again? Oh, absolutely. All right. We'll we'll talk again. Uh, We're back after this. Stay right here. This is the Joe Pegg Show. We appreciate Evie Edwards coming on the program. Very, very smart lady. And listen, this is about basic fact. This is about, as I said from the beginning of this hour, basic fairness. By the way, uh, we've got those new shirts that are available. Freedom First. Sam redesigned them. Freedom First. You can go and get them right now. Only 18 bucks over at the Joe Pags store. Go to JoePags.com slash store. JoePags.com slash store. It says Freedom First, and it says the Joe Pags show on it. I think it's a nice design, and... Uh, I don't know why we're selling them so cheap. I'll be honest with you. At 18 bucks, they should be flying off the shelves. Much more coming your way. Tracy Beans next hour. And some good news for President Trump. We'll have that off the top. Keep it here. Joe Pag's coming back. Don't be an A-dub. Stay with the Joe Pag Show.